What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We have another fun one for you today. We sit down with Steve Pert. Now, Steve is a co-founder and CEO of Flexwork, which is a, a beautiful facility. It's a Flexwork space for personal trainers, uh, people with fitness goals. So you don't have to be a personal trainer. You can just go there to work out, pay for a membership. But it is designed very much for your fitness professionals. Now, we go through uh, Steve's journey from being a passionate gym enthusiast to pioneering this flexible, customizable workspace. Uh, he goes through the challenges, innovations, and the vision behind flex work. Uh, this was definitely not an overnight thing. He put a lot of thought, time, and, and care into this business. So we kick things off with Steve's early days in the fitness world, how he kind of got introduced to it what drew him towards towards fitness. And he even told us he was fitness manager of the year twice, uh, over 500 clubs nationwide. He then made the jump to UFC gym, where he helped grow that uh, by a very uh, good amount and made his name in that space. And then started to realize he wanted to run his own thing. He wanted to be in charge of, of his own space, but not just another gym. He really wanted to create an environment that was conducive for fitness professionals because throughout his career, his years in the space, he did not see anyone doing it that was designed just for fitness professionals and personal trainers. So uh, he linked up with a gym equipment partner that was able to design the space that he was looking for, the space he had imagined in his head. And here we are today with Flexwork, and he is now officially um, a franchisee owner as well. So they just signed the license to be uh, to have franchisees. Uh, Tim, I really enjoyed this conversation. Steve is high energy. He's a go-getter. Um, he's getting after it. What do you think of our conversation with Steve? Yeah, I loved it. A lot of good energy. And you can tell he's put so much thought, um, strategy, planning, uh, blood, sweat, and tears into this. You, you could hear that in his voice as he was mm -hmm. uh, as he was talking to us. And you can tell he really wants to solve a problem. He really wants to build future, future leaders in the fitness industry and fitness professionals and doing what he can to empower those people. So that was a very common theme about what he talked about. And talked about being a franchisee. Um, obviously with that, you have to have, keep a consistent brand. So he talks about his brand, the things he wants to keep consistent. Um, he, he describes the gym. He gives us a little virtual tour and, and describes what, what the different rooms are like. I think this isn't your typical gym. So I thought hearing that aspect was cool. Um, talks about the different clientele he markets to. So he talks about fitness professionals, but also um, some of the different niches he's been able to get to uh, through his business. Um and we also ask him like, hey, like, has anybody ever done this before? Is this a new idea? And he talks about how his gym's different, talks about the competitive landscape, talks the process of becoming a franchisor and the importance of partnering with the right people. And um, some of the things that he looks for when he partners with people, because um, no matter what industry you're in, you're, you're going to hear a lot of different things from a lot of different people. You're going to have a lot of people that are experts in the field. You're going to have a lot of people that think they're experts, but they're not. So he really talks about how he was able to really go through the, the industry as an employee. But now that he's an owner, how he's used different conversations in the past um, to really give him the knowledge he needs today to be successful in his business. Um, so yeah, um, really talks about uh, some of the different ways that he gets clients, some of the ways that he wants to um, brand his business. And yeah, I think whether you're like just a fitness professional, whether you're someone that's interested in fitness, whether you're someone interested in 
running a business and scaling a business, I think there's a lot of things that you can take from this interview. So um, I know you guys are going to love it. I know you guys are going to feel the energy. You guys are going to want to go run through a brick wall after you hear this interview. <laughs> <laughs> without, without further ado, episode 216, Steve Hurt. Yeah, so uh, Steve, thanks for joining us. We just uh, like to kick things off. How did we get here, man? I know I met you because of Tim's pickleball passion, and he's he's going to try to go pro, actually, which I recently <laughs> found out. Let's yeah, go. It's gonna be fun. yeah. So I'm going to do nutrition coaching for the pickleball space. I love it. <laughs> and uh, got our next tournament this weekend in Cincinnati. Nice. Oh, okay. Nice. Good yeah. luck. Thanks. Um, and so yeah, that's when I, I met you. You stopped me. I had. Drew Champlin's uh, jujitsu shirt on. You know him, and uh, that's how we kind of started talking about your business. So, take us through the weeds. How did we get here? You know, inception of the business, a little before that, and uh, yeah, we'll weave in and out. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, you guys. Of course. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. So, really, flex work was a concept that was seven years in the making, but really, it's a culmination of my entire twenty-two year career of being in the fitness industry. I started as a trainer in two thousand. I had no idea that was a job that I could earn, uh, well, I thought at the time, a ton of money to simply do what I was already doing, which is work out and just talk to people. Yeah. Uh, I got tapped on the shoulder. I was in good shape. I was a wrestler. I'd gotten injured. So I wasn't continuing on to wrestle in college. And I was just a gym rat, mm-hmm. like you know, other people there. And so the GM tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I'll pay you to work out with these people. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> a day later, I'm a certified personal trainer, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and off and running, where my... I think the, the thing started for me was within 30 days, I had 32 clients. Wow. I was full. Wow. Well, I didn't know any different at the time. I was just a dumb kid, 19, whatever. And uh, I didn't know that that was abnormal. Mm. I just saw my comp plan. Yeah. And I had a ton of caffeine, like always. <laughs> and I said, if I can just fill myself up, you're going to pay me X, let's go. And I just started figuring out little ways. It was mostly just being assertive and talking to certain people. But that was... Within 35 to 40 days, I started looking around and seeing people who are way more educated, D1 programming and bigger muscles, right, and time on uh, five years in the industry or, or more, sitting around with their arms folding against the wall going, how come I don't have these clients? Mm. How come not me? And I, I just never really worried about that. I just kept driving. And then six months later, I got another tap on another shoulder with another guy with a jacket on saying, hey, can you duplicate this? And I said, well, I think so. He goes, great. Next day, I'm a fitness manager, right? <laughs> so, you know, no training, no nothing else. Yeah. And this was in Sacramento, California. I'm, I'm born and raised Cali guy. Uh, and it was a great market. I went to club number three. So super old club, you know, right next to Sac State. So we we're competing as a, a brand new gym and all these other things. And um, this was, again, 2000, 2001. And uh, again, I saw my comp plan. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, trainers, they're just, they're clients. I'm going to talk to them the same way. I'm going to find out individual needs. I'm going to go through the same processes, the par cues, and I'm just going to make sure that I understand what their needs are. Are they motivated or, right? They want to help people. Are they passionate? Whatever it is. And my job was I get paid if I put more people in front of them more frequently to get results. Mm-hmm. So I did it. Again, caffeine, whatever it was, it's kind of a constant theme in fitness. And then I uh, earned the title of Fitness Manager of the Year for the country my first year in, which is a year-long sales, essentially sales process. So it's a 12-month against 500 and some odd other clubs in the country. And here was a little club, and we nailed it. Um, I got to open another club because of that, got to a bigger club, won it again the next year. So I thought, okay, there's something here. 
And from there, my, my career was really more of a ronin. Uh, my wife and I have been married 16 years. This is our 11th move. Uh, so, wow. yeah. And most people go, what? Uh, but I was always of the mindset that if I had the ability to, I like to run, I like to create, I like to build teams, set innovation, light it on fire, replace myself with leaders, and then stand back and go, cool, what's next? Mm-hmm. I've never really liked to be in one place for three or four years and have barbecues and the, the, the teams and I'm just not that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'd either get bored or I'd accomplish the task and the competition would come in and go, we got something for you, bigger, shinier, better, more. Wifey, you want to go? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and right. And so um, that's just didn't plan it that way. This is kind of how it worked out. And over the course of my career, uh, I, I started observing uh, similar challenges and issues and problems in the industry that were repetitive. At first it was California or Sacramento, and then it was statewide, and then it was regionally. And then, I mean, the last job I held, I ran the country for UFC Gym. I was the National Director of Franchise Operations and Technology. So I had BJ Pan in Hawaii, I had A-Rod in, in Miami, and everything north and, and down below. And come to find out, same problems, just more money and, and different people. And it was a conversation that I had with my wife where she said, you keep complaining about the same stuff. Do you notice that? <laughs> you know, great why, right? Hey, Appreciate it. <laughs> you keep talking about the same stuff no matter where you go. And I was like, hey, I do, don't I? She goes, get back in your notes. And I was just a religious you know, note taker. And I have something called my manifestos. And I've got probably like 15 of these, like front to, to back. And it was that. just detail, 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 detail. Yeah. And I started seeing these patterns. And the patterns were about seven things. And I thought, wow, these fitness professionals have short career spans. The challenges that they face are, are usually the same. The, the operators, the fitness professionals, and the clients all want the same thing. It's like being a marriage counselor. I'm, they all want to get together. They, all want, they, what they want result. They, they want to have proximity to each other, mm-hmm. but they all kind of fight each other in, in these weird, like, old, inefficient processes. So I thought, maybe we can figure something out. And, of course, internally, I had access to some of the, the best peers and, and resources and I would implement it everywhere I'd go, like a little thing here, a little thing there. So I was A-B testing. I didn't know at the time, but then I started getting more and more bold as I had more of a, more of a platform. Um, but then I finally started running into the classic challenge of innovation is not rewarded in the fitness industry. Right? Uh, we're running the same processes of leads, appointment shows, enrollments, referrals, EFT. I work for Mark Mastroff, the godfather of fitness. He yeah, was right. the inception of 24-hour fitness. Yeah, he's the guy. Nothing's ever changed since 1983. Everyone says it's different because your lights are orange or blue or you're running this class or that, but no. It's a funneling system with leads and you have to have specialized people that have to go through a process and you've got to have them show up at the right time, get them from that right coach that happens to be you know, on point or, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's this chain and if the chain's broken at all, the experience is terrible. And then you gotta trap them into some sort of like membership, which is like indentured servitude. And all in between, there's all these people taking quarters and nickels and dimes from every dollar. And at the end of it, the experience generally, generally isn't great for the consumer, the client, or the employee, the coach. Yep. And in every brand that I've ever went, Anywhere I ever won, the key to my success is I surround myself with great fitness professionals. I tried to understand them on the individual level and then just keep it simple. You're exchanging your time and your talent for money. Yeah. And if you want to help people, that's great. Because about 80% of all the fitness professionals, trainers, by the way, the fitness professionals is a, a term I use to kind of elevate the language of trainers and coaches. Okay. 
trainers and coaches kind of have a negative connotation, sure. right? The guy who's telling you you're fat and yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, sometimes, sometimes you need a little boot and ass. Yeah, <laughs> and trainers and coaches also have a negative. Not all of them look at themselves as a professional, a chiropractor, or a doctor, or a bricklayer. They're professionals, and yeah. so they think, oh, this has to be transitory. It has to be part time. I can only do it if I. No, so we're trying to elevate. So when I say fitness professionals, that's yeah. what I mean. Some people are like, what? Yeah. But it's really about making sure that they have a viable opportunity to win. But it was always the fit pros. You went into one of my clubs or another competitor's clubs, and it was sexy and cool and fun and vibrant. It was great culture because of the trainers or the fit pros. It wasn't the general manager right. or the front desk person. Okay, they're saying hi and goodbye. Hopefully that's yeah. a win, and that's important. Time it doesn't. Right. Or you went into the club that just sucked your soul and... Oh my God, this place is terrible. And then you start noticing how dirty it is. Again, it was the lack of passion for the fit pros. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was a sauce. That was the engine. Yeah. So I was like, how do I monetize that? How do I how do I encourage that? How do I grow that? Mm-hmm. So hopefully that wasn't too long of an answer. No, no, not at all. <laughs> why Why do you think nothing has changed in decades? Is it because it works good enough? I mean, majority of, of trainers are in big box gyms, right? Like. The LA Fitness, there's there's one I used to go to around here. No trainer cared about that club. Mm-hmm. It was a mess. Uh, is it the same just because it gets the bills paid, pays people enough money? It's just uh, it works, and no one's you know ballsy enough to challenge the stat- status quo. Why do you think it has not changed? So I try not to speak in general terms and, and speak from my own experiences, sure. which is a pretty good observation across multiple countries and right so I, I've got some things I can put out there I wouldn't say things haven't changed I would say that there's been an evolution but from a core basic business model fundamentals that hasn't changed mm-hmm. right? I've got to do a box I've got to throw in equipment I've got to call it something different I've got to drive a ton of marketing I have to hire specialized people a general manager a studio manager those people have to be sales oriented leadership oriented uh, organizational oriented right they, they got to do all these things and then I got to get a front desk person maybe some trainers maybe some specialized coaches I mean hey try running a UFC gym I got to find a boxing coach right. when I was consulting out here in Indianapolis okay you can find some jiu-jitsu guys in in Miami and certainly in Orange County it's where the Gracie's all right. Indiana right right that's how I came across Drew yeah right we imported Drew in we imported Mike I was responsible for bringing Mike in from Orange County, California. He was a cop, okay. oh, right? Nice. You know, Mike, right? And then he came through and like, great, you need a coach because it just doesn't have the density here. You got to have boxing coaches, and then you got to have duck coaches, and all these specialized things. And then you got to make sure that the operations and salespeople can actually speak the same language as those people. Right. That's usually the biggest disconnect. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. most operators, owners, managers don't come from a fitness background in fitness. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're afraid of talking to each other because I don't know the language and. Coaches look at these guys, hey, you just care about sales. And so there's like this eighth grade dance, like the guys are on this side and the girls <laughs> on this side. And But it's a dynamic. So back to your question, things have evolved, but they haven't changed. And what I experienced when I started getting to these levels of, I would say, authority and, and uh, ability to be listened to. And, and, and you know, when I was recruited at UFC, they brought me in as an outsider to win back the trust of the franchise brand. Uh, for eight years, it was going a certain way, and there were problems and challenges, and they knew they needed an outside fresh perspective to then also give them feedback. Well, I kind of bought that hook, line, and sinker going, okay, well, here's my feedback, and I thought everyone would be receptive. Wrong, <laughs> right, 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 right. And, you know, I'm working with some of the, the best operators in the world, right? Yeah. At the time, like, you know, the guy who's running operations, he was the current URSA president. 
Uh, there's Adam, you know, uh, Sadlack, who was a president of 24. I mean, these were kind of my icons. I'm going, great, I'm at the table. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly discovered that, at least my experience was, there wasn't rewards for innovation. It was kind of like, we're next in line mentality. Once a king dies, we can step in. Just mm-hmm. let's wait it out. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything different. Okay. We've made our money, or they've made their money, and we've built a thousand of these locations. And that's not just Sprint, that's every brand. LA Fitness is a clone of 24-Hour Fitness. Yeah. Crunch is a clone of that. You know, I opened up a UFC gym in Pennsylvania, one of the last locations I opened up in uh, Exton or somewhere close to that. I went across the street because it wasn't open. It was in pre-sale to go to the Crunch that just opened up. It was the exact same club, minus the, the boxing bags. Mm-hmm. Same manufacturers, same equipment. The paint schemes were different. That's because they're sister brands. I'm going, but this one's $17 and this one's 85 Yeah. Uh-oh. Right. Right. Um, so I found that innovation wasn't rewarded. There are operators out there who are doing things that are unique and pushing the envelope. So it's it's there, um, but in a general term, I think that's the emergence of boutique fitness. Orange Theory. Yep. Amazing because it was something that was a little innovative and different. They took the best of community classes and culture, which I think are the kind of the keys to success, and they really got community and they got classes going. And there's some that really, really drive home culture. That was a phenomenon with CrossFit. They really got culture in class, right? Um, And so I think it's easier, I think in any industry, to follow the lead dog. I think it's easier to say, I'm next and that's safer, or who am I to challenge the status quo? I think that's normal to go through those. I mean, I certainly did. I mean, most people thought, like, what are you thinking? Like, you're making great money. You live in arguably, like, one of the best places in the country to live. Like, you know, Orange County, California, right? You're doing your thing. What? Why would you risk it all to, you know, decouple from that and try something that's really going to poke the industry in the eyeball? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to do just that. That's why. I think so. Why not? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There was something inside me that said, if, if it's been put into my heart and in, in my head, then I have to see it through. I, I yeah. feel obligated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't go too far into that, but there's there's just a deep core belief that if, if something's put into your heart and your head and you just can't release it, you can't get it out. I mean, I was consumed. I you know I had a 14, 15 hour day job. I ran 119 locations, and it was literally me. I mean, I had staff and do, but yeah, I didn't have a big team. It's crazy. Um, going all over the country, loved it, but then I was like, hey, I got to keep thinking about this, and so I'd be up another three or four kiss the kids what's up with the wife and I was just consumed by it Um, so I thought there's got to be something here Mm -hmm. I have to see it through and I'm grateful that I was married to the one woman I think this world was like let's roll yeah Mm -hmm. because without that no way right safety security which was did I because guess what I capitalized my company on March 16th of 2020 Hmm. California shut down on March 27th of 2020. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I had no idea who did, right? right? So there's there's factors at work that went way beyond and above me that have, have, have been amazing. I mean, there's already been, I and mean, we've owned that for three months, there's already been at least seven start stops where I was like, this is done. Mm-hmm. Dead on arrival. Really? Absolutely. I mean, 40% uh, cost increase in my construction in 2021 because of all the other things. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was hundreds of thousands of dollars more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello? Yeah. yeah. Right? 
I'm not coming. I'm not coming with a billion dollar bank behind me. Right. Um, and that was just one of the challenges. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's been a. The key though for me is getting through and understanding. And, and I have a single investor, but my wife and the small group that I've I've culminated. I think people are invested in me, um, and because I'm invested in them, and we I think we really have a true mission, which is to empower people, mostly fitness professionals, to become their own boss. It's a phenomenon that doesn't exist. Most have to be they're an employee of someone else just by the design of the industry. Mm-hmm. But we can provide them equipment, the tools, and the technology overnight that they can access for cost of an Uber ride or a, yeah, right. a slushie or you know, yeah, whatever nothing. else. Right. Yeah. And they can truly then be their own boss. So there's a strong why and a very strong what. That's all I've spent my time focusing on. Why and what, why and what, why and what. And I pushed out the fear of the how because that's what messes with your brain, right? It's like, how am I gonna raise over a million dollars? How am I gonna challenge this industry? How am I gonna create, how am I gonna learn about this? And how am I gonna? You'll figure it out. Absolutely right. And then people will attract, and I don't know how else to explain it, but it's, yeah. it's been wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and walk us, I mean, walk us through that how, now that it's in the retrospect. Hmm. You had the idea in your brain, you, you, you knew what. Describe going from that to actually establishing the business. Execution. And, yeah. That's all yeah. that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Napkins are cute. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. me walking around with my PowerPoint, you know, yeah. pitching the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that looks good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so the how is is really the key, and I, I think it starts though with, and I know what you mean, but it wasn't in my brain. I've always written it down. Yeah. I I mean I've always I wake up after a dream or I jump out of the shower or I'd be at work, whatever. I've always written it down, because I don't think I have it on. No, but I have one from 2016, and it's literally second page. And you, mm-hmm. I'm I'm describing within 90 percent of the flex work you're walking into right now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. The technology didn't exist at the time, and but the experience and the vision, the feeling that we wanted to give the consumer and the fit pro, the enablement, it was already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the color tones. I mean. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Extra stuff. Everything has purpose. Not to say that it's all master controlled and everything was right, but everything has purpose. So it came down to, I think if you have a vision or something is important to you, and this is what I tell my kids all the time, write it down. Mm-hmm. If it's important, write it down. Yeah. Um, also, it's how I retain things. I, I read books and I'll write it. I'll literally write the books. And I have a pretty strong memory when it comes to that. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it's didactic, but... Um, mm-hmm. So if I want to retain something, I physically go through that, that process. Yeah. But um, I think it all started with me basically having the courage to say I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that you have to decide. Yeah. You have to decide. I'm yeah. going to do this. Not, eh, let's see how it goes. Right. Now let's right. ask for money and see what people want to try it out. It's, I'm, it's, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to mm-hmm. lift this. I'm going to do jujitsu. I'm going to ask this woman to marry me. Like, it was a defining thing where I said I have to. I'm going to decide this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I still don't have a clear picture on how, but that's okay. Also, it helped me as I went through the ranks. I saw, I thought everyone was so much smarter than me. I thought everyone was like, right. And, uh, and I just saw that people were just people. Yeah. They had their fallibilities like anyone else. It was, it was like realizing your dad is just a dad, as great as he is mm-hmm. or not, but he's not a superhuman. Right? I think we all go through that as a kid, and I know I did. My son, you know, my, my dad was a force recon marine, and so growing right. up, it's like, right? Yeah. And I go, wait, he's a man. He's a great man, but he's just a man. I 
I learned very quickly when I was standing at the same table with, with these great people who had done these great things. It's like, wait, they get lazy sometimes. They're tired sometimes. Yeah. Mm, they, they don't push this and they don't push. I went, huh, what made them as successful as in most made a decision? They just committed to start doing something. Yeah. Mark Masteroff bought a gym in 1983, got a loan from his grandma, and then bought another one, and then another one, another one, and they hired right people. And the story, you know, it, it now goes. He's Mark <laughs> Fantastic, right? Uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of smart people and a lot of trials and tribulations. But truly, I give credit. I worked for him two times in my life. Truly, uh, truly an innovator. Um, but why not me? Exactly. And and I think you have to have that courage and understanding. It's not uh, arrogance. It's just. I think I've read enough, known enough, seen enough to say the most successful people were the ones that dared to do something mm-hmm. about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Win, lose, or fail. And it's, you know, what if it does work? Mm-hmm. We can all go, I don't have the money. I'm, I'm not going to raise a million dollars. Who's going to give me a million dollars? for? What if they do? Yeah. Well, it's like a, yeah. it's like a personal training sale. I mean, to me, that started at, at 19, one of the tools, I would say, or systems that I found very quickly. Most fit pros, when I was talking to them, trainers, coaches, right? I'm trying to win sales contests. Well, guess what? They weren't very good at sales because <laughs> NASM, ISSA, kinesiology, no, they didn't teach that aspect. Right. They're teaching, you know, joint manipulation and body movements. They're not teaching uh, assertive communication. They're not teaching scheduling. They're not teaching overcoming, not necessarily objections, but setting themselves up for success. They're teaching programming and Ooh, those are pretty important skills for someone to be a professional. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll dare to do something different. And I just took some of the basic formats and things and systems that I saw and I dumbed it down. No offense, trainers, big pictures, yeah. little words. Yeah. Got to keep it simple. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I made it so within seven role plays, you could sound basically like a, an expert, anyone. Yeah. And I called it the Prezo. And the Prezo. Still, this day is something I do consultations with and, and training on, and I've implemented into my systems and taught my team who have no fitness background whatsoever. It's just a park you. Yeah. Seven questions. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Builds trust and authenticity. It gets mm-hmm. all the terminology that you don't want to hear. You don't need to try to be something that you're not. I think right. that's a key too. Authenticity and transparency are really key to, to our brand and to me. Mm-hmm. Um, our biggest challenge, people. When they come into flex work or they hear about it, they go, is this for real? What's the catch? Those are the first two things mm-hmm. that people say. Yeah. But then we show them, not tell them, you were there. Yeah, I've been there. And you go, huh. And then the third question is, how does he make his money? Because I feel like this is, right? I'm right. getting away with something. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, trust me, we're making, it, it's, it's, we'll talk about the model. But yeah. when it comes back down to the how, it's making a decision. Mm-hmm. Committing to it really committing to it and saying I committed to it emotionally where for me job was just over broke even though I made just two hundred thousand dollars but like I'm so like how are you living check to check making great money in Orange County just you know, you no matter how much you make depends on where you live it just doesn't really right. and I thought wow this can be taken away at any time company can close down I didn't even know COVID this is my thought before this company can close down the owner can go on a gambling binge and go bank Things can happen out of my control that I can I can give my time and effort and energy to to this company and build and build and build, and it could all be taken away like that. So I never thought of a job as safety. I piss off a peer that was jealous or didn't want to work as hard as me or I was just a jerk, whatever. Right. 
those things can be gone in a moment. So mm-hmm. when people say, oh, it's safe, really? Yeah. So I had a really association, strong association with that. And I, I wanted to make sure that I could either do it my way or have a legacy that I built. Because I built other people's companies. It's like, let's build it myself. So the decision was, let's start. Then you got to ask. Right? You got to ask. Do you want to buy 24 sessions of training? Uh, do you want to invest in me in, in this crazy idea? Um, I had uh, one investor, we still do, um, equity investor, amazing partner. Uh, he is a master franchisor for Japan, UFC gyms and goals. Uh, an American, but he's been there for like 30 plus years. Amazing, amazing guy named Harry Hill. Um, and I helped him build his first three locations remotely during COVID even though he knew me. Because I also ran the, the Management Institute. So if you were a franchisor at UFC and you bought a franchise or a, or a country, you would come to Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, for a week, and we would all do the Management Institute. Well, I was your MC. I was the operator. I was the one you wanted to talk to that could tell you, here's how you're going to make money. Here's what to do. I'd bring in Razor Rob, the MMA, right, WC champion. He'd punch him and, and kick him, and everyone laugh. And, and then marketing would come in. and right. So we had, a, of course, a, a team, but I was the one who was really driving that management institute for the most part. So I developed great relationships. Um, and so the international guys would go home. they go, wait, there's two challenges. One, marketing, and then two, CRM. We, we what you do here doesn't work here. Mm-hmm. That's one of the challenges with CRM is most of the systems here, the legacy systems, only work for the U.S., which is the number one market in the world, because they're like, why not? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, can you help us? And I asked Mark, I said, I'll do my day job. Can I consult at, you know, I'll help. He goes, wait, you're going to help build the brand. I don't have to pay you? I said, yeah. He goes, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was fun because all the constraints were off. I started to work on design. I helped build an amazing location uh, in Israel, and that's where I I met my first, uh, my equipment manufacturer, Unix, who builds gyms on yachts in the Middle East, and they're out of Rome, Italy. We had to build an outdoor facility, and this was 2018, uh, right off the med, so it's like seven months of desert and five months of monsoon, so let's put metal out there. No. (laughs) And for a jiu-jitsu guy, so this guy was, David, he was a big jiu-jitsu guy, we had a 3,000-square-foot rooftop. So I put a sale out there, and he's like, man, it'd be great to do yoga and, and jiu-jitsu out here. I said, great. Well, that's what the experience we want. Let's backtrack it and figure it out. And so what we did is yeah. I had this company build these, these big boxes. Pull the pins. They drop down. You roll out the jiu-jitsu mats. Oh, wow. And you're at a rooftop looking at the Mediterranean right there. Roll them back out. Boom. Yeah. Weather sealed. Nothing gets in. No dirt. No grime. No. Yeah. Boom. Right? So I was like, that was fun. Without the constraints, I could take technology, I could take a little design innovation, and I could create, help create new experiences for the guests and consumers that normally would be constrained because of certain like, yeah. mindset. Sure. And so that was like, the genesis of working with that group, because no other group would do it. Right? I, I went with five or seven of the larger companies. One, I realized they were all in the same uh, manufacturing line in Shenzhen, China. So they were all basically building the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And two, they're like, we can't build like we've got to have racks this big, not this big, or we, that box is not really in our design specs, everything, we, we don't do our own design, we don't do our own builds. Yeah. This company was, we will. So the, I think the third thing is, I had to surround myself with people who are willing and capable. I've always done that. I've always, I've always demanded, whether it was a trainer, a front desk person, a salesperson, a general manager, a district manager, a regional, people I surround myself with, I needed two things from you. You have to be willing, and you gotta be capable. 
and then I'll take you from good to great. My job is to take you from good to great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not here to get you day one, go to LA Fitness or wherever else to, to start your career, and that's cool. But your mindset, if you're willing, I got you. That's the wrestling background in me. Right? Right. If you know anything about wrestling right, and jiu-jitsu, you can't fake it. You either put time on the mat, right. whether you're coaching or you're wrestling or right, doing jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. because at some point you have to be prepared for one-on-one combat. And you're going to be exposed. It's clear. Did you do time on the mat or not? Quickly and humbly, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. So those are lessons I learned in my life. And I'm always looking to surround myself with wrestlers um, because of the mindset and the ability to overcome adversity and really the 110% you know, drive all day long, which yeah. is kind of something I, I, I do as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're definitely not low energy. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, you made a lot of great points, but uh, when when you talked about you, you just kept thinking about it, and it kept nagging at you. And mm-hmm. I've talked to friends and family where maybe they're just switching jobs, and they feel bad. These people are going to have to do my workload. Someone else has to train. Are you going to keep thinking about it if you pass? Yeah, probably. Go. It's, it's time to go. If it's mm-hmm. that deeply rooted where it does not leave you alone you have to try it and that's why i love that that you did it it just it was there it was there all right i'm gonna do it no one else is doing this every other company was making the same equipment you needed someone who would poke fitness in the eye like you were trying to do yeah and and you found the company to do it i really had and they're great machines by the way too i appreciate that it's fantastic equipment so what i found is i actually had to the key i think to the success and what we're going to do is I literally stood in, a, in, in a, my garage in Orange County and I mapped out what space do I need to create in a 360 degree model, top, bottom, side, side, to wrap around a true solution for success for a fitness professional to run their own business. It was like the mindset. Yeah. And then from there, everything has been reverse engineered. Everything. Two sockets. I mean, I have specific uses. I have a, a wall of equipment. I have a wall for technology, and I have a wall for vanity. Yeah. And a wall for access. It's designed that way. Yeah. And the, the vanity, the mirror, doesn't face the, the TV because I don't want the reflections and the light. The equipment is, has a special paint, which is anti-reflective. My ceiling is the same as the Apple Store. It's for studio quality, so you don't have to bring in the O-rings. My floor is the first of its kind by Ecore. They, it's a lifting platform. Yeah. You would never know it. I had to build a serious place to train. Yeah. Otherwise, people have access to $10 and $15 gyms that have great equipment. Right. Planet Fitness has great equipment. Right? Anytime Fitness, for the most part, has pretty good equipment. Mm-hmm. So why would I stop sneaking into there as a trainer or doing what I'm doing with the current solutions that I have? Because right, people are putting together those solutions currently to then transition into this, have some overhead. Why would I do that? So I had to make it 10x better and give those tools and, and that environment, not only to the FitPro, but also to the guests and the, and the client as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. literally, if, if I had all my vendors in here, my technology vendors, my floor vendors, even my GCs, um, I would say, what's the number one thing we talk about at all of our meetings? Like, how do we enable FitPros to become the very best they can be, right? I mean, they, they <laughs> yeah. would be like, we know, see, we know, right? Because <laughs> yeah. if it didn't matter, I'd always put it out there and we would scrap it. Because it's easy when you're building and conceiving and trying like the flashy thing, like, let's do this, or let's do that. And you go, yeah, let's go. And you spend money and time and energy and effort going down the thing that really doesn't do anything to enable your core vision. And my core vision was fit pro enablement, amazing workouts, serious place to train, mm-hmm. not gimmicks. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and the more they hear it, the more they're going to design and build for that. It was a relentless uh, demand. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to shy away. It's, yeah. It was a relentless demand. Cut out, cut that out. Doesn't matter. Absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. Um, also, even from just how someone turns when I'm training, and right, and if I'm positioning sideways in approximation to make sure, do you have enough space? I mean, do you have enough clearance when we pulled it out? We, I mean, we went through all these considerations and measurements, and I think we've got it down pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it just it wasn't flipping a coin. It, uh, it was really going through it. Some things though are flipping coin. I have to be honest. Um, when you're doing something innovative and you're out in front, there's some guesses you got to take. And already being open three months, uh, there's some things I'm like, oh, okay. Nothing that was like, oh, my God, let's not do that. A total disaster. Yeah. Um, more, actually, I realized, oh, there's opportunity. I didn't realize. Um, revenue opportunity and um, operational opportunity. Certainly design opportunity. Some little tweaks and little turns. Uh, we can go that if you want to get into that. But it's been fun taking it from the napkin or the notebook and then it's one thing from a concept to an execution. Building was an execution. Fundraising was an execution. I mean, three years ago, I didn't know anything about commercial real estate, mm-hmm. right? And now I'm going through and advising leases and, go, you know, I know anything about having a C-Corp and, and, and building a company with shares and running an international. Guess yeah. what? At some point, either the other guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the stuff people never see. But what I stay focused on is the things I do know. Right. I know how to empower fitness professionals. I know that there's a solution that we can provide that can take someone from good to great. I mean, we have one trainer right now, Pat Charette. He owns EFS Indy, and we've highlighted him on our Instagram. We've brought him on to the, uh, the, the Good Day Morning Show with Ryan and Jillian because they wanted to tell my story. I was like, don't, don't worry about my story. Yeah. Tell the customer's story. He was the first guy. We opened April 1st. He was in, I think, April 3rd. Right, Pat, if you're yeah. listening, maybe it was April 6th. Yeah. But he was like the first guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, it's just real, right? <laughs> and, he, you know, the whole arms crossed and the whole thing. Yeah. But we had one conversation, looked me in the eye, and he goes, I'm in. Boom. Yeah. Early adopter, I'm in. He transitioned in, started with, I think, like 85 hours per month. So very high aptitude, yeah. certainly top earner in the area. Um, won't disclose exactly how much he was charging, whatnot, but yeah. like top 10, top 15% already in the area. Right now he's servicing about 148 hours a month. And he's charging 28% more than he was prior to. Yeah. He's now hiring trainers underneath him to build his business with Flexwork. Excellent. So good to great in three months. Yeah. Totally transformational. And he's not going to Zionsville and this place and that place and wearing down his car and you know, worrying about if he's gonna have some liability issues because a husband gets you know jealous that he's training the wife in the basement or whatever mm-hmm. weird situations we're all trying to figure out as fit pros out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just consolidated and made it more efficient and brought up the, the premium offering of his company, and we're highlighting all day long. Because yeah. that's what Flexor's about. It's really a platform to elevate you. Yeah. 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 And you kind of got into some of the details about it, but walk the listeners and us through the Flexwork facility. What, what all's in there? Like mm. how, many, how many rooms? Or like kind of just give, us, give the listeners a visual of what the gym looks like. Sure. Easiest way, I mean, you can literally see it immediately and feel it, I think, too, if you go to our Instagram at Flexwork Fitness. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what we're really trying to do. We're not trying to be gimmicky and have people dancing and doing like, silly things. Right? <laughs> yeah. We're just trying to Thank say. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, you guys have caught on. Like, yeah. I'm an intense person. This is a this is something that I'm. This is a real 
business that I'm trying to, to build. Uh, we want to have some fun, but uh, it's a business. It's, it's a business, right? It's not, not a hobby, yeah. Right, and I want I want these guys and girls to feel like we're going to take that into consideration. We want them to have longer than nine-week careers on average when it comes to being a, a trainer or a fitness professional. And then the clients of, of them or the guests that we have, I want them to feel that it's a private premium space that anyone can access. So it's not some bougie, like, only if I'm rich kind of a spot, but... I want to create a, a certain tone and, and, and culture. And I, I think we're doing a good job. Uh, we're definitely going to continue to improve. I mean, that's really what it's all about. But back to your question. So um, first off, it's 3,100 square feet, just a, just a little bit less. And we have what we call 11 spaces. So FlexWork, first and foremost, is much more of a co-working space, like a WeWork for fitness professionals and guests, than it is a gym. So we have four what we call flex spaces that are approximately 200 square feet, which some people go, oh, that sounds big. Others go, oh, that, that is big. Uh, we're about 21 feet by, by 18 feet, right? Yeah. With the equipment and everything, it's large enough for four D1 size athletes, very comfortably to be in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have four of those spaces. Each space has the same equipment, uh, similar equipment as far as the plus spaces go. Uh, same technology, environmental controls. Each has its own HVAC system, lighting. So it's a self-contained premium studio um, that, again, you can have uh, amazing workouts. I mean, in our plus spaces, we give you lever arms. When's the last time you, you were able to access lever arms? Uh, D1 College. I was so excited. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're, we're doing these. Let's go, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm giving you almost 1,000 kilograms of, of high urethane uh, you know, bumper plates. Uh, I'm giving you four competition-level barbells. I'm giving you dumbbells. I'm giving you kettlebells. I'm giving you med balls. I'm giving you... Uh, well, we built all of our equipment custom, but I'm giving you weight stacks with one less pulley, which means it's about 18% heavier than your typical. And I go from five to 125 by fives. And then I have arms for band work, which can add another 220 pounds per stack. So what that means is you can be doing like reverse leg squats uh, with a belt and then you got the hooks. Uh, in your plus spaces, I can probably give you about 1,100 different custom workouts and exercises. And that's what I want you to do. So everything is very modular. Um, I've got foot plates you pop on within seconds with little pin releases. So you can do all of your seated rows, your lap pull downs. If you can do it in a, a, a major facility, now will I have everything? No. I mean, donkey calf raises? No. But you can certainly pull that information down. Or if you have that knowledge, you can duplicate that exercise. But that's, uh, well, we'll go back into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. We're an and two company. I'll, I'll get back to, to that phrase. Uh, it, we also have four standard spaces, so flex space standards. Those are approximately 160 feet, uh, square feet, and they're 16 by 11, perfect for a single or a double occupant. Mm-hmm. Some trainers will bring in a client. A lot of times it's a single use. Dates come in, have a, have a fun date, or, or two buddies, or a coworker. But it's the space that you'd want. It's about the size of this, a little bit bigger. Um, in fact, just a little bit bigger. Um, and then I have three what I call flex space connects. So I have the only commercial license agreement with uh, Hydro and Climber right now, which means I took their software subscriptions that Peloton and others couldn't do. I talked to probably 17 or 18 different connected hardware companies as I was going through this experience. And they're like, nah, everything we build is for a single subscription. Right? You got to buy the equipment and then you got to have the subscription. Mm-hmm. Well, what I wanted to do is I wanted to buy the equipment, open up the API so you could come in for $5, reserve it, 
have access for 30 minutes to the same live classes and on-demand content that you would normally have if you bought the $4,000 hydro rower and a $50 a month subscription. So we have that as well. That's amazing. And so what I did is I, I built smaller spaces that are about 9 by 9 10 by 9 uh, the technology's not in there, but you've got obviously your lighting, you've got your uh, environmental controls, you've got your, your music. But really, I built the studio space around the experience for you to have that live coaching or on-demand coaching. Okay. In, out. And of course, I have a lobby and a hallway that's functional. So our, our, our uh, hallway is approximately eight feet wide. Uh, handmade turf, not the kind of turf that you're usually scratching and itching yourself on with the plastic. It's actually hand-woven in, in, in uh, Denmark. It's amazing stuff, but it's functional. Every bit of it is you're doing sled work, you can do rope work, and because our utilization is low, nobody gets into flex work without digital keys. It's appointment only. Mm. And so that means right now, I mean, we're, we're at 8.5% utilization. Basically think of how many hours per day we're open versus how many hours we're reserving spaces. So we've got room to grow. We're doubling every month, month over month, which is exciting. But we've got 60, 48, 48 to 60 people per day. So that means you can use it and people aren't in your way and yeah, right. nobody's hanging out. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I've got two, uh, two high-end premium you know, toilets and bathrooms all tiled up, ready to go. Do your hair. Get in, get out. And then I have one pretty nice all tiled up shower. Again, get in, get out. I didn't build locker rooms. I didn't build front desks. There's no reason for any of that because flex work is, it's like ordering an Uber ride. But I say it's one less click, so we made it even easier. Mm-hmm. This is the space I want. This is the time I want to come. This is what I want to do. I pay for it in my phone. You get the digital key and the access on the day of. Done. Mm-hmm. You show up. My team knows who you are because we have, of our data, we know when you're showing up, so now we can do really cool things. One, they can actually greet you with your name because mm-hmm. they know exactly who you are. Yep. They can put you into the right space because they know exactly who you are. And so I'm using technology operations and design to literally move people through space at the right time to do the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's extremely easy to maintain and keep clean. Um, everything that we design, again, the, okay, the tile in the bathroom is really nice and expensive, but it's also Super easy to, to clean. Spray it all down, foam it down. Everything's done. Everything's wiped out. Nice. Right. So yeah. I wanted to build in those efficiencies that I saw were problematic and challenges. You usually had to throw labor at. You had to throw a bunch of people at that usually didn't get done anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's it. So a lobby, a hallway, four plus spaces, four standard spaces, and three connects. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And. Just to confirm, like all of your customers are a hundred percent of them fitness professionals. We call them guests, by the way. Everyone's okay. a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At FlexWork. Well, I got the fitness professional term yeah, right. Yeah. Are, are yes. all of them like fitness professionals who are bringing a client in, or is do people just sometimes come in to use the space like right. on their own, like their own private workout? This is the answer. to Your question is uh, no. Uh, we've got a few mantras, but the hardest thing I think we're trying to tell in our messaging right now in our marketing is we're really speaking to three customers. We have three customers. Everyone's a guest. Fitness professionals, trainers, coaches, but now we can expand beyond just fit, you know. Now, like I had a, a chiropractor come in today, a local chiropractor, who wants his clients, once they're done, doing, he wants them to do strength training in addition to. Well, one, he can send to us, or I suggested, why don't you hire someone, put your polo on them, and then bring them to the FlexWork, and now your business continues at FlexWork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah. you sure? I was like, yes. And smart guy, too. He's like, let's go. Yeah. We'll see, right? We'll see, but I think so. Um, so 
fitness professionals. Downtown, by the way, so um, we're going to be opening up our second location, um, hopefully by January 1. Uh, we're in lease negotiation, but we're going to be on New York Street in, in Pennsylvania. And um, we'll talk about that. There's a term I can't legally use yet because the document hasn't been signed, but <laughs> it, won't, it won't be ours, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, which is great. Uh, but it'll be a two-story location, same floor plan, same dimension, same everything else. But there they'll have two spaces, 25 by 25, that will be open with a bar and a big window. And then New York Street's looking right across from the wit. Oh, wow. And it'll be for yogis, exercise physiologists, stretchologists, wow. dance teams. I say a fitness professional is anyone in the industry who's in wellness who exchanges their time and talent for consideration, i.e. money. That's a fitness professional. Yeah. So a lot of people don't think of themselves as that because they're a trainer or a coach, but they're not. But if they're in the clinical settings, in the hospitals, they're working with clients post-pre-rehab, that's a fitness professional. Well, all these people get whispered in the air, I wish I could work with you, Jane. I wish I could work with you, Bobby or John or, right? I just, well... I'd love to too, but I don't have the space, I don't have the gym, or I have to meet you at Planet Fitness and hope the manager doesn't see us, or right, whatever that is, yeah. we're now providing the spaces for fitness professionals to come and, and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, I think I just lost you on that in the last question. No, you, you, I was just saying your idea, who you... Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, that's yeah, important. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so the Fit Pro is, let's be real, from a marketing standpoint, the Fit Pros are exponential. So... Uh, one trainer, one Fit Pro covers about nine percent of my operating uh, costs. Wow, one. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I, I find nine of him, well, eleven. Yeah. Cash flow. Like right. I don't need to go five hundred members. So now I can take my marketing dollars, people, time, focus, and energy, and I can keep a very narrow laser and talk to that consumer and customer and then provide services and support to expedite their decision-making process to just fill space. Because that's really, at the end of the day, what my business is. I fill space. Yeah. Yeah. I provide you opportunity for equipment space, right? but I'm not really doing anything else. I'm not here to sell you a guru package and tell you my programming is better than your programming, that tastes great, less feeling, like, you know, I'm smarter <laughs> than these guys and my bustles are this and that. No, we're here, we're here to be like a, an Airbnb for, for you. Mm-hmm. However you want to do it. As long as it's legal and safe, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. And we can help you if you want it or we'll just leave you alone. Mm-hmm. So there's a Fit Pro. We usually find a Fit Pro, and not all of them. There's a lot of Fit Pros that come to us and are like, ah, I'm just getting started. Great, we'll meet you wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a Fit Pro trainer. He would never be hired in the classical setting by a gym because he's a full-time police officer. But he was a really high-level football player, looks great, wants to have about four or five clients. I said, go at it. Yeah. We've helped him get a couple additional clients. He's training, I think, three or four clients with us, and that's all he wants to do. He would never be hired by a, a Lifetime or an LA Fitness just because he wasn't serious enough or it wouldn't be worth the, the ROI because right, yeah. you got to be there for the meetings and all the other things that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the, the clients of the fitness professionals. So there's three archetypes. The fit pros who bring many, which we like. There is the client. And we have people coming in all the time now who are like, hey, do you have fit pros? Do you have mm-hmm. trainers? Right? Not mm-hmm. quite saying fit pros yet, but yeah, some yeah. do. Yeah. Do you have trainers? I go, well... I don't employ trainers, but we've attracted some of Indianapolis's very best because they're their own boss. People are like, that's what I'm talking about. And we connect them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, anyone could be a guest. 
So as long as you're over the age of 18, and we're actually working with some youth uh, ah, leagues sorry, right Tim. now. <laughs> ah, right? We have some youth leagues right now, like uh, Carmel Rugby uh, Women's Team. What's up, everybody? Um, you know, uh, come the fall, they're like, wait a second, can we just reserve out four spaces, open up the doors? Sounds like we can throw like a workout of the day or our own thing on there, and then I can walk them back and forth and kind of monitor and put four curls in each one because oh, we nice. don't have access to the Carmel High School gym because of football or whatever else it is, mm-hmm. and it's – Less than $100, and we don't have to go do a fundraiser to afford it? Yeah. Mm. Yes, you can. Yeah. We already have a trainer who's doing that on the weekend. He's throwing a, he's, he's reserving four spaces in the similar dynamic, and he's charging $25 per uh, class. He's doing an amazing, like, hit class. Yeah. And he's getting, like, 18 people to show up on the Saturday at 1 o'clock. Yeah. Right? What up, Indie Mobile Fitness? And uh, he's like, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love it because that's what I wanted. I wanted to build a tool and a platform for these trainers to just go wild. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the day where someone comes up to me and goes, I have a new use that you didn't think of. And as long as, again, safe and legal. Yeah, safe and I'm like, cool, <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. that's what I really want. I want to foster the innovation and, and really cool like use case uh, of that. So those are my three customers. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's challenging to talk to each one because trainers, a lot of people go, oh, I don't, do we belong? You know, can I come up too? We, we get a lot of that. And then we yeah. sway our marketing back to the guests. And it's like, but the trainers are really the core of driving the business viability. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of it, I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> we want to fill space. Yeah. Right. We, we want to empower the trainers and whatnot. But hey, if this is, if this is the 80 plus scene where everyone just wants to hang out and, and do some light workouts and it's a safe place that they're still afraid of COVID. They think it's, it's safe and clean and friendly. Their money is just as good as a fit trainers or anyone mm-hmm. else's. Still green. We do not care. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. you're simultaneously bringing in the clients, but you're also being the connector between the, the client and the potential fitness professional who could train them at the same time. So that's really our business. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then is this place, I know we had till two, are they tight on that? No. Or, okay, cool. Because we've been kicked out of places before. It's fine. We're used no. to getting kicked out. No. All right, sweet. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, we need to sit down again. I have, I have thoughts. Great. Yeah, yeah. Because I would like to get in there more because, yeah, it has everything you need. There's not one thing I do not have when I was in your space. Mm-hmm. And you can throw weights, too. That was one of my first questions I asked you, and you have the platform. There are additional space. I think there's one. It's not what you need, but I would say if there's an observation I made that we're implementing into the New York Street downtown location is we're providing a basically a room like this where you can do presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll obviously do a lot of training. Uh, but you can reserve it. You can do uh, work with clients one-on-one. I think meeting in the space that you're going to train your clients is optimal for, I, I, I've taught, I've encouraged trainers that they throw, they put a little four-slide deck on, on their phone, they throw it up there, and immediately people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. And they're doing their, their presentation using their phone on a 55-inch screen. Yeah. They're not sitting down and handing you a piece of paper saying, one through 10, what are your fitness goals? Yeah. So already it's just a whole different experience. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a cool that's a cool space. Uh, but I'm glad to, to get that yeah, feedback. Yeah. Now, are you thinking about uh, at some point having space for more mixed martial arts? Is that going to come back in your scene? Oh at boy, all? Um, probably not. Okay. Um, liability is really the the biggest challenge when it comes to striking. We've even had a couple of people come in that had no business. They had mitts and. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, we have video and uh, AI overlay over the entire uh, look uh, environment, except for obviously the interior of the bathrooms and the showers. Yeah. That, would, that would be weird and legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, which is great because 
Someone even told me that you're a technology company. I said, well, not really. But I understand behavior after point of sale, and there's no other fitness company that can claim that. Right? The single data point that you get at a gym, like Lifetime or LA, is what? The check-in. And even then, industry-wide, it's about 57% of the time they only get a check-in. Hmm. But they're not going to be able to say, how long were you in there? What did you do? What did you not do? Did you hang out on turf? Did you use a certain piece of equipment? Did you hang out around these weird, you know, this girl? What did you do? Yeah, yeah. So there's no behavior understandings. Well, that was one of the bigger realizations when I was at UFC because I'm sitting around this table and I'm going, oh my God, they must have all this data. They've opened up thousand, you know, over a thousand gyms between all this experience. And they asked me to um, design a, a mid-tier brand called Core at the time. And I was like, great, what's that going to be? They're like, we don't know. Here's the name. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. It was a longer conversation, but not much. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and so I went through it and I thought, give me the data. None. They're still flipping coins. Because I say so. Because my gut says so. Because I have this experience. Right? I'm going, no way. Yeah. I thought they all knew everything. <laughs> right? And it, was, it blew me away. And I thought, wow, surely that could be valuable. Not only for universities and people and, and medical. Because... And, yeah, I, I did my research outside of the other industries where as you started to monetize data and collect it and aggregate it and then utilize like, all kinds of insights and then you could sell it. And I thought, hmm, well, it's an $82 billion industry, access to gyms alone in the U.S., right? Personal training is a $14 billion in the U.S. alone industry. I think that data might be worth something. Mm-hmm. How do you capture it? And so that's another piece of it. Uh, back to martial arts. Um, you know, I was observing some video. We get notifications of a few things. One, um, I'll call it violent activity, okay. like striking and uh, fires, flames, falls. We get these alerts, and so it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. AI, AI driven, you said? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't have a team, like, sitting there on the screen going, oh, what's happening in there, right? right. Um, <laughs> it just pops up and gives you hey, a... Hey, that deadlift a, sucked, man. Yeah, right, right, right. And then the security alert. And, right. Yeah, sometimes I'm like... <laughs> Go home out. Let's go. <laughs> training time. Training time. Um, that's great. Uh, but um, uh, where were we on that? Uh, Sorry, the the cameras. The yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, well, I need to continue on uh, the piece that we missed. Oh, martial arts. Yeah, yeah, martial arts. Uh, so this guy was moving around, and they started grabbing this girl and like literally like throwing her around. Hmm. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. time yeah. out, right? Yeah. So I come in. I'm like, listen, dude. Yeah. And he was like wearing flip flops and. Um, but yeah, I have seen more flip flops. <laughs> so the answer is, I had a great experience at UFC, uh, but I also saw how weird and wild it can be. Sure. You know, Razor Rob McCullough, you know, WC champion, amazing. What's up, Razor? You know, part of the Huntington Beach Bad Boys and all that. Um, he and I would be the ones that got called if if there were problems. Mm. Or then Mauricio Tingina, right? Uh, he was obviously the lineage for jiu-jitsu, the mentor, the spider guy. Like, mm-hmm. So I was amazing, amazing, incredible people. Yeah. I would be the guy, the operational financial guy, and then they'd be the guy with the tats and be like, what's up? Like, we got to make sure that you guys aren't doing... But we would see some crazy stuff. Um, you know, ninjutsu classes and sword fights. And it's like, yeah, it's like, what are you... Smoker fights. You know, they have smoker fights on... This, I'll never forget the smoker fight that they had on Wednesday nights. And it was a women's smoker fight, right? And so if none of you it's know what that doing, is. Yeah. They're just like a bunch of women just beating the crap out of each other on a Wednesday night. And everyone's got popcorn and cheering. But then they're calling me up going... 
why don't we get kids and women in this gym? Like, it's so weird. It must be the brand name. I'm like, mm, how about the, the event that you put on every week where two yeah. women beat the crap out of each other? <laughs> Maybe that's not the environment, you know? It's, yeah, right. So I'm not everything to everyone. And I yeah. think that's the other thing when I came to, like, what? I really focused on what. What, what, what? What are we going to deliver? What problem are we solving? Not what offers am I giving? I don't care because almost everyone else is going to beat me on more equipment or cardio or, right? But that's a battle that you're always going to lose because there's always going to be a bigger, shinier box that's going to come across. Like yeah. They're building Crunch out here, and Crunch is an amazing brand if you're 18 to 25. No. But, uh, you know, they're spending like $5, 6000000 million on these brands. Like, you know, cool. Mm-hmm. Have that brand. Then when you want a private premium experience or you want to run your own business, you can use FlexWork as an and too, coming back to that. So I, I'm a very abundance mindset kind of guy. Have that membership. Like a woman who started with us the other day in personal training, she goes, now don't talk me out. First thing she said, don't talk me out of Orange Theory. I love my Orange Theory. I've got an amazing coach twice a week. I said, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Of course. Let's make that a key component that we build onto because you're here and you know you need more. But, of course, double down on that. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to that coach, by the way. But stick with that, of course, and then this will be supplemental to your overall programming and success, mm-hmm. like nutrition. Or, exactly. But yeah. a lot of people have this, it's mine or it's, it's theirs, or you versus me. or Yeah, everyone's in a camp in fitness. It's all camps. Well, martial arts is, right? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, you get where I'm going, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, I do this, so I can't do that. It's like, why not? In our I, average I consumer, yeah, in our right. average our average guest has two or three gym memberships already anyways. Yeah. Right? We are definitely catering to a, I would say, more discerning socioeconomic. I mean, we moved from Orange County, California to here across the country. We knew no one. All of our families in California or Hawaii, specifically because I did a data analysis that said this was the market that had the best criteria for our success. Mm-hmm. It was like 14 needs. But... I was looking for the Goldilocks market, a market that could support us, that could adopt innovation, right? We couldn't move out to the stick somewhere and be right. like, download our app. Like, huh? App, what you talking about? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> internet. Right, 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 right. And we got the $10 gym. And it's like, oh, okay, no. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the market wasn't mature enough from a competition standpoint that we could come in and take, take it from the junior varsity team, I, I guess is kind of what you want to say. Yeah. Okay. So it was here in North Dallas. We flew in 2020, October, both spots, terrible weather, both spots. Janice and I, my wife, we went home, talked about it. 30 days later, we moved. Love it. So when you were doing that, um, and you don't have to throw exact names, but who did you see as closest competition when you were trying to do that? Because I know there are some other spots that try to have a, a flexible space for trainers. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, you have the platform to yeah. raise them up more than anyone else. Like, that is what separates you from everyone. But what kind of competition did you see? Who, who was your closest competitor? Well, I've always seen, I mean, I was a trainer at 19, and I wouldn't say every trainer, but a good majority, their dream of dreams is, I have my own gym, right? Right. So I didn't say, hey, let's let's create a new concept that was that's that's stupid you want to you want to go to a market need that's already established Mm -hmm. not create the market need and so i kept hearing that but there was a company that started up in canada in like 2017 called silo fit um and they came on my radar probably in like 2020 um, when i was getting serious about fundraising and saying okay i think i'm gonna well 19 had to be because i fundraised in, in 2020 but it was like Okay, let's just make 
a worldwide search and really just dig in to see if there was, and they were really the only ones that popped up. Um, fitness guys doing their thing. Their key though is they would basically find like Class C real estate in Montreal. Uh, I'm sure they had some clients that were in real estate and they're like, hey, we have some empty space. We'll give it to you real cheap. And then they would fill up a single space, not a, uh, a community of multiple spaces. Mm-hmm. And essentially they put a pin code on there and then you could come in and for $30, $35, you had a little shower and a plant and some, some decent equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool. Well. The legend was they they had uh, filled up like the first I think three of them. Uh, that's what I, I kept reading, and I was, you know kind of did my deep dive. I was like, that's great within their first thirty days, and then they ran, they raised like sixteen and a half million dollars. And let's just say they didn't have the background to do that in fitness. No, no offense, right? It's just, yeah. and I was like, huh. And they're in they're up in Canada, which is let's just say a smaller tier market, not like the beast here, and just different dynamics. And so I thought, not them. I mean. Let's go, right? I mean, good for them, awesome. Right. And there's plenty of opportunity. But I thought, okay, one, but I tried to run the numbers and I thought, if you're just doing one space, for me, the numbers didn't match. It didn't work out. Yeah. I thought, and plus I wanted a community. I wanted, I dove into the WeWork white paper. I, I always was just focused on, WeWork made sense from a community build, co-working space. It just, it made, it just connected with me. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that I also wanted to provide access to Fit Pros without having leases and rents and contracts because I knew that the adoption would be super low if it was an obligation. Mm-hmm. And then the next, the next closest model that I found was actually like salon suites. Okay. You ever heard of salon suites? Uh-uh. No. So essentially, hair and beauty, which is almost aligned with the same exact like client needs and operational needs uh, of fitness. And so what happened, I'll say 15 years ago, maybe it was older, I don't know, but uh, a little while ago, quite some time ago, hairstylists had a few options. One, they had to be someone's employee. Two, they had to rent a chair in a salon next to a bunch of people that they may or may not like, right? Or three, they had to go build their own salon. Well, going building your own salon, like building your own gym is almost completely prohibitive. Good luck. Raise the money, get the lease, figure out your equipment, and then run the business. Right. Most people just want to cut hair and work with their clients, mm-hmm. like trainers. I just want to. I just want to work with my clients. Right. I don't want to do marketing and, and pay the bills and build a lease and equipment and overhead and no way. Yeah. How am I going to do that? I just want to work with clients, um, but I don't want to be someone's employee anymore. Well, some real estate guys got together and said, "What do you need?" They're like, well, we need about 100 square feet. Not much. I need a chair. I need a sink, I need some storage, I need a sign, and I need some booking software. Done. So they threw one up, 8,000 square feet, and now it's a multi-billion dollar industry, right? And now you're gonna see salon lofts and salon suites, so it's co-working for hair and you know and beauty professionals, yeah, estheticians yeah. and all of that. Mm-hmm. The challenge I found though when I ran the model is it's leases. So essentially they're, they're paying about $1,600 a month on average to rent it. I thought, well, there are a lot, most trainers in this country would never even have that conversation right. they're like, I'm not, I'm not there. I've got two clients or three clients or seven clients, or I have no clients because I need to leave this job and I can't take these clients with me from that company. Whatever that it is, $1,600, so no way. Not nothing, yeah. Yeah, and so I thought, okay, well, what's the business model that can empower a pay-as-you-go? And it just came back and I was just digging and digging and digging and digging and finally came back to Uber. And for me, it was like... I can see the experience, which I call the friction-free ecosystem, of being able to come in and remove the friction of fitness and 
create efficiencies and how do I how do I spot book a space and just access it without a bunch of people opening my doors or asking for this or selling me that or not you know whatever it was yeah and uh, I started crafting it from there yeah mm -hmm. so I dug in I had to dig in the model I had to dig in the operations then it just all there were a lot of pillars to say the least sure. mm -hmm. and each pillar just I just kept digging and digging. And one day it was, you know, sometimes it was financial and then other times it was the technology and other times it was the vendor and then other, t it just, but it was always building the same foundation, which was enable fitness professionals to be their own boss and give people this unique experience yeah. mm -hmm. and get out of the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. So since we're on the model, you referenced the model earlier of, well, how do you make money? How does FlexWork make money? Yeah. Uh, let's go a little more into that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. what, what you can. No, I, I can't. Can. Yeah. Uh, right? There's some... We're not trying so, to give away the sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, full disclosure, so we're already a franchisor, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we've already... Uh, we had our FDD, Franchise Disclosure Document, disclosed and built uh, last year. We actually re-just disclosed it for 2023. So we're already selling locations. Um, technically, That's awesome. Technically, we haven't sold any yet. Yeah. Right? But, uh, yeah, so we have... You're willing and able. We have commitment. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Uh, we're building a second location, and we're not paying for it. Let's leave it at that. All right. How's that? Not bad. Cool. Um, so that was a vision, though, from day one. This mm -hmm. day one, no, that's not true. Let me give you a quick one, um, and then you got to remind me of that question because, again, yep. I can deviate. Yeah, but I went through uh, one of the biggest challenges, and I think learning lessons I had to go through was the fundraise, right? I was like, okay, cool. I'm a pretty optimistic guy, mm -hmm. to say the least. Here comes my, my shitty grin. Um, father of Force Recon Marine, amazing parents. I've just always had this mindset, wrestling, of if I'm willing, I'm able. Mm -hmm. yeah. Bottom line. And like all of us, I've gone through some, some pretty strong adversity, almost hit bottom. And when you go through something that almost takes everything away from you, and you can still survive and live and bounce back, you realize, okay, if I'm not dead, I've got my family, I've got my arms and my legs, so what? I can do it again. I can keep going. So that's given me a lot of power and a lot of faith and a lot of like true self-confidence. I'm like, I can shoot that devil. Yeah. Right? I, I got him down once, I can do it again. Yeah. Same, kind of same thread. It's, to me, that's real, real confidence, not, uh, you know, that, that, the bluster, the arrogance that you're trying to overcompensate for something. Mm -hmm. It's just knowing that I can't fall off this cliff because I've already been there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, don't do it again. Yeah, right, right. Learn the right. lesson, yeah. Don't do it again. Uh, careful contracts. Uh, no, but um, it was fundraising. And so when I, when I pitched my investor, when I pitched him, uh, he thought I was going, he was going to fund me to go build an international consultancy firm because essentially I consulted him through COVID and helped him open up three locations through Zoom. I never set foot in Japan. Yeah. And they were the only country by circumstance, luck, serendipity, God, whatever you want to call it, that didn't close down during COVID by their constitution. The one country. So every night I'm working with him and his team and training him and language and we took the CRM and we converted it into kanji and Japanese. Like it was crazy. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun. But you know what? It was just fun. And when it's fun, you figure out a way, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then when it works, it's it's even more rewarding. Um, and so 
he thought I was going to pitch him real quick, and uh, he thought because his partners at Golds they have 136 locations. They're the largest Golds franchiser in the world, and they're amazing. They've been there for a long, long time, right? One of the OGs of Golds. He's like, man, they're running like Windows 7 out here, and you think technology out there is Japan, right? Everyone has a pet robot and rocket shoes, and <laughs> yeah. no, man, really? no. So one of the biggest needs requirements they had when I was consulting with them was not only do we have to build. Uh, you know, different CRM, and I had to find one that worked for international. It was, they wanted to use credit cards, and like the vast majority of the country uses something called, oh my gosh, it's like not EFT, but it's like uh, JSP, or it's like Western Union to you and I. Okay, got it. You go into the gym, you go through all the processes, they say, great, you ready to, you ready to join? Yes, here's your receipt. Go down the street to the store, like a 7 Eleven to us, or something like that. <laughs> Pay that person. Hopefully the system talks. By the time you get back with your receipt, our systems are aligned, and now you've got your membership. Jeez. What happened? He sales lost from that. Right? So he's like, could you put us on Visa and MasterCard? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Is that like a thing? He goes, no one else does it. And I was like, what? We did it. Yeah. And I, I was able to, to, to recruit a company that was like, we want to be the innovator. We want to do it first. Like, I kind of have a theme of gathering the right people yeah. on a singular vision to do something that's innovative and challenge them and give them access to a market they usually wouldn't have access to. And then I usually get the resources and the teams that I would never be able to afford. Mm. It's kind of like my sauce, right? Yeah. And it's amazing. And so um, this group called Glowfox, they were out of Ireland, they were up and comers at the time. Now they're a big behemoth that now work with uh, ABC and they, they, right? So they're really doing, but at the time they were hungry and scrappy and doing it. And so they got in there and was a big thing for them. The only fitness studios in all of Japan that ran credit cards. Yeah. Crazy, right? So that was for me going, okay, don't don't make false assumptions. Like let's just work on the problem that's a problem. Because I was actually at the time working with facial recognition access controls. COVID was already a thing. I was working through video AI and, and we could read um, faces even with masks on and I was automating check-in. Like I was going wow. deep. Yeah. Right. I'm in my garage and doing all these videos and and at the end of it, I was like, wait a second, that's not what they need at all, <laughs> they right? <need> credit cards. <laughs> yeah, and we spent a lot of money, right? And it was like, it was cool, but it was like, wait, they just need credit cards. And that really didn't cost us much. It cost us time, but the companies mm-hmm. wanted to do it because they got access. So I learned that lesson, which is don't solve a problem that, that's not a problem. Solve the problem that is a problem because ultimately in your business, for, I'm in business to earn money and, and build a company that solves real problems and customers will validate that if you solve their problems. Um, but back to it. So when I pitched him, I was like, Hey, we're not going to do a consultancy firm because that's still just going to be me and a few people. I have a business proposition. I'm going to build a global brand based on all these efficiencies that we've created that we would teach other people to do. Let's not teach people how to do it. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, show me the model. I pitched it to him an hour and a half later. He's like, that's what we're doing. He's like, I'm never building a gym again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially when we popped the hood and we looked at the financial aspects and, and whatnot. But back to it. So we had agreed on a uh, pretty significant um, you know, consideration. We created a C-Corp. Um, I gave them equity shares, sold those equity shares based on a preconceived valuation. And then that was off of a pro forma that I said, all right, this is how, m- how long it's going to take. I thought it was going to take me a year. It's taking me over two. Uh, this is how much it's going to cost. I thought it was this. Significantly more. About plans. And, and if Harry's listening, if, <laughs> if, if, and if Harry's listening to this, he's always been consistent with many things. But one of the things is like, Steve, I love you. 
love your energy. I'm investing in that, but it's always going to cost you more money and it's going to take you much longer than you think. I'm like, no, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. He's it's never like, heard that before. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's where his wisdom you know, has come from. And that's where finding the right investor, not to give you money, but I call it smart money. Who's going to give you competencies, whether it's wisdom or guidance or trust or access to markets or whatever that additional component is. Um, Cause right. He's, I'm running the company. I'm making the decisions. It's my vision. Um, but you can't do it alone. And I'll say this, as an innovator, I don't have any peers. And this may piss a lot of people off, but I'm on a ledge doing something completely that hasn't done before. So, and I don't want to slow down to let people catch up. Right. Um, so, you know, that can be a little lonely and whatever. So what, boo hoo. I've got my family and I've got this vision and this company and people are starting to attract the, you know, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the fundraise, he left just enough on the bone for me when we moved here, I just enough on the bone. I was like, I had to raise additional money. I probably pitched 20 VC firms. I probably pitched 30 banks. And I probably pitched 80 plus angel in, like investors in a six month period. Relentless. Like this conversation with my PowerPoint deck three, four times a day. By the time that was done, nobody wanted to give me a check, even though I had significant amount and, right? Here was the response. Uh, Steve, love your energy. We believe this is going to be great. We will write you a big check on the second one, but we're not willing to invest in, you know, on the first. Jeez. I mean, down the line, right? Man, man. And so I went to him and I, I you said... You had first mover's advantage. Like, you had all the things. All the things. But an idea is cute on a napkin's an idea, but it's execution, right? Mm-hmm. Tangibility and proof. And... Uh, so I went back to, to, to him and I said, hey, man, I don't know where I'm going to get it. He goes, don't worry about it. I didn't want anyone else in the deal anyways. It's just you and me. But I needed you to learn a lesson, which was how hard it is to raise money. Good lesson to learn, though, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't a six-week journey. It was a six-month just relentless pursuit with all no's, um, with my best efforts. Uh, I didn't care. Grind. What happened though is after I went through that process, if you would have talked to me two years ago, like when we first moved here in Indiana, we moved here January 1st of 2021, I would have said, this is all mine. I don't want any franchisees. I don't, I don't want to rely on building someone. This is going to be my company, my corporation, my, 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 mine, right? And after that, I went, wait a second. And he goes, Steve, if this is going to be a private company, you're going to spend the rest of your life or as long as you you know are driving this company you're going to be the main fundraiser that's what you're going to be doing you're going to be fundraising every quarter or every couple quarters that's the process I was like, oh. and so it took me about a day and i said no i need to commit back to making decisions i need to commit right here and now which direction this is going to go because a private company versus a franchise company are vastly different organizations and i said no I want to build it with other people's money. I want to bring other people in to share in this. And we will grow exponentially at the level that we want to get to as fast as we want to go. It would be almost prohibitive to, to keep it private. It's just too capital intensive. Um, And so I made a, I made a decision. We are going franchising. And from there it was a period, never a thought. And that's the way we've gone. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to you guys making money, yeah. How does that work? 
Cause I, like, I know the rates are very, very attractive, very favorable for, for trainers. Like when, when you first told me, oh, I had the same thought. Like, And we've added some things since you and I talked. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. We'll go. Make Tim, it easy. Tim, we're going. Yeah. You guys got some space. I'm going to give you guys some hours to be some space. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so really the core is easy. Space reservation is our key way to earn money. So our plus spaces are $22 for the hour. Our standard spaces are $16 for the hour, and our connect spaces are $5 for 30 minute experience. Because mm -hmm. most of those connected experiences are seven to 22 minutes, like the live coaches or the on-demand content. So 30 minutes, you can go as long as you want, but we wanted to put it in 30 minute breaks. Mm -hmm. Plus it was perfect for people who didn't want to work out, like their co-working space, they want to pop in for an amazing row, hop in the shower and get back to coding or whatever they do at, at mm -hmm. their job. Yeah. Um, that's really the core competency. But this is one of the things I realized after we opened. Talking to the trainers and the fit pros coming in, there's hesitancy on their current solution. So back to like CRM, where I'd work. CRM, anytime I'd work on the CRM or change something like in Japan, like, oh my God, the, the expectation was always, it's gonna cost so much money and it's gonna be a pain in the ass and we're gonna lose revenue. It's gonna be a big problem. There's a lot of fear and anxiety about going from the, the solution we know is not great to the one we pretty much understand is going to be much better, but there's a lot of dread and fear and hesitancy in the process. Well, that's what trainers are experiencing when they come into FlexWare. They're going, yeah, I don't want to drive all over the place and go to these customers' houses anymore. Yeah, I don't want to sneak in and out of these gyms trying to avoid the GM. Yeah, I don't want to train under the table, or I don't want to work out of that garage, or, right, or I don't want to work. But... How am I going to move my clients? But what's it going to take to build uh, a company or a website? Or who's going to do my marketing? Or what do I charge? Or how do I build, get a polo? I mean, right. some things you would think are simple, but no, they're, they're real challenges and issues. So I started to say, well, what do you need? Again, back to my day one. What do you need? Mm -hmm. And I just listened. They're like, well, I need help with this. I was like, well, cool. We can do that. I just spent tens of thousands of dollars building my own brand. So I have these relationships and these, these, these platforms that I'll just have you tie into. You don't have to do all the startups and pennies on the dollar. But what I want in return is for you to come into the space. Right. Don't wait for perfect. Good enough is good. That's a lot of feedback I give. A lot of these guys are like overweight clients. I want to be in shape. You ever heard this? I want to be in shape before I start training with you, Colin. <laughs> right? What? No. Trainers. Right. I want to be ready before I start coming to FlexWord. For what? Yeah. Brush your teeth, comb your hair, bring your one or two clients you already have. That's good enough. Get a start. Mm -hmm. Film some content. Tag us. We're going to post you. You're going to get tons of eyeballs. And guess what? DMs are a coming. And surprise, yeah. surprise. Yeah. Right? And then let me give you a freebie. Get off a of Gmail. Number one thing you can do in this market right now to distinguish yourself, get off a of Gmail. <laughs> do you own your own URL? Yeah. Add a five dollar email to it, and yep. immediately you're you're boom. Yep. Ninety percent of the trainers in this market are on Gmail. Little things that don't cost money. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, cool. And we talk to them like adults. You know, we're not talking down. Oh, you don't know that? Okay, come on. Because I just want you to make a decision so you can take action. Mm -hmm. So it's space reservation. But now I found that there are services that are in high demand and high need that we've aggregated that we can charge for at a fraction of the cost it would cost you. Like we spun someone's website up in a day and a half. It's amazing. Cost her 500 bucks. Wow. And she had a quote for like two grand and right, it was gonna take like 10 weeks and yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. 
right? Um, we can do brand design. We have three things called web solutions. It's in a pyramid, and so it's like brand design. Do you have a logo? Uh, do you have Pantones, your font? Like just basics. Cool, we can do all that pretty easy, pretty inexpensively, because before you do a website, you kind of need those things to fill in the content. Sure. Then the other one is social media. I mean, you can turn on your own social media. We're not going to charge you for that, and we're not going to manage your social media, right? We're not a marketing agency, but what we'll do is we can create banners, we can create templates, we can make sure your Pantones and everything. It's clean and consistent across your, your brand. Yeah. And then the third is access to my videographer. And if you've gone onto our Instagram, and I think we're doing a Pretty nice. bang out job, thank it's you. Nice, yeah, yeah. Well, it's we're, consistent too. Yeah, and we're so we're providing high level professional services. Uh, we'll give you access to our same videography team that we have for seven hundred fifty dollars yeah. for a ninety minute shoot, which is all you need. Yeah, not three grand. So, we knew that, that we had those services that we can provide, and we're not shoving them down the road. Just like it, it's there, and we can do it fast. Yeah. Plus, we're going to be able to tell your story, unlike a lot of marketing agencies. We have no idea what they're talking about because their next mm -hmm. client's a coffee co shop and then a flower shop and then this and then that. Right. Um, and then the other one is we've actually created, we're big on we don't have memberships, right? Everyone's a guest. But we've created uh, an opportunity for individual guests. Back to our uh, question a little while ago, can, can I just come in and work out? Yeah. There's been enough people now who have come in, like there were some firemen running by today, Car what the Carmel Fire? Uh, they... Uh, they were running by and they're like, oh, this is great. And we'd love to get out of the firehouse. And, and someone wanted to do like a group workout. We got you. We get a, we're going to get a coach who would probably want to love to, to do that for you guys. But someone, like, I just want to get away from the guys. I'm talking, I want to, you know, probably work out. Yeah. So if it's just one person by themselves, we've got some of those people, 16 per hour. If I'm a high frequency user, that can be spicy, right? That, that can get up to 300 plus dollars and you know, whatnot. Yeah. So I thought... Why don't I create a limited number, like 100, roughly, where you can have access to a standard space for $69 a month, three times a week, which is higher than the average frequency yeah. of, of most users. That's like, that's, like, that's like $4.89 a workout. Yeah. It doesn't, and it doesn't move into my plus spaces, which are mostly what, what the trainers and coaches want to use for their clientele. Um, if that was the model, though, it wouldn't be viable, right? But... I saw a gap, and then we're starting to fill a need. Mm -hmm. And then if you want five times a week, it's 119. Yeah. I mean, if you're Which like ultra high, high frequency. Still crazy right. good pricing. Yeah. Right. So um, we're also part of ASH, so uh, American uh, Specialty Health, which is one of the largest uh, fitness subsidizers in the country. Their headquarters is here in Carmel, of all yeah. places, which is yeah. great. But um, they subsidize anyone who is a, uh, a member of them, and you just have to check your, go to ash.com or check your uh, HR person, but they subsidize 80% of, of any offering that we have. Wow. So, I mean, that could be $11. Yeah. Right, and they pay us full, full boat and give you access. Um, so that's it, so space reservation, business support tools, mm -hmm. and then we have one, one new vertical, and so, uh, one of the other things that coaches wanted that when I was asking them, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Like, Man, we need more clients. Number one thing, right? Yeah. We need more clients. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, Jim Launch, you guys remember Jim Launch? Right. I was from yeah. yep, yep. So they've been wanting to work with Cole and they've been wanting to work with us for a while. They're like, dude, you're doing something that's really innovative. Like we're partnering with NASM. We're trying to do something that's different and unique and giving fitness professionals a real viable opportunity to have careers. So NASM, and I, 
all these people are going, oh yeah, this is, this could, this could be a good thing. What do you need? And well, with Jim Launch, it was like, well, I'm not going to hire trainers. So I don't know how that would work. I don't know. Cool, but I just don't know how that would. And then just uh, it was June 6th we launched it. So maybe it was like June 2nd. I was, I don't know, shower, whatever, playing pickleball. Who knows? Get my, <laughs> get my moments of inspiration. <laughs> smash someone, you know. And I was like, wait a second. Again, the number one need for these, these fit pros coming in are saying they need more clients. I don't want to go over the line and be their daddy, right, and, and, and hand them. Like, they need to be their own boss. But I also want to expedite them taking action. What can I do? So I called them up, started talking to, to the team at Gym Watch, and I was like, what if I created a funnel, a lead funnel, came to me, we did the parkour, we did all the lead nurturing, and we had real high intensity, like clientele, six-week challengers, something like that, right? Three-time-a-week frequency, like real high intenders, not I'm coming for a free workout to try and kick the tires like your typical like gym membership, right? right? And we weed them out. I park you, we qualify them, I sell them, I take a fee, and then I hand them off to a trainer with a remainder directly between them. Yeah. They're like, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. So essentially, I said, all right, I'll pay for the, the whole system. The whole system, the whole, because I mean, I don't know if you know, but it's spicy to, to start working with them, right? Huge oh, yeah. fees. And again, another company who believes in what we're doing that's coming together in an ecosystem that says, this is unique. We've never had a use case like this in all the, the gyms that we've done. You're literally taking them and handing people paid clients. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to worry about 1099s because, I, again, I'm taking a fee for my services. I'm covering my, my, you know, my acquisition costs. And then I'm giving you, a, as a trainer, that's already pre-qualified. So I'm pre-qualifying to make sure that the client gets the right FitPro versus the FitPro gets access to the client sure. so the client's not getting all beat up by 10 and 15 people calling them up and hey how are you um, right if you want a male or female the right aptitude uh, I know who you are and it's a small group right now because people are like how do I do that well you just got to be in flex work you just got to be the space I just we just got to know about you mm -hmm. there's no real other qualification process if you're already reserving space and we see you and there's some sort of relationship then I'm starting to have trust in your skill sets I just say if you're, you're waving your hand down the field and you're saying, hey, throw me the ball, you're a target. No. If, you're on the, if you're on the sidelines with your arms folded, <laughs> I'm not even paying attention to you, right? <laughs> I mean, game. this isn't high-level business acumen, <laughs> right? And so I'm just like, make yourself a target yeah. because people are coming in. And uh, we started on June 6th, and we had 11 clients start last month kind of fumbling through it. And this month, I think we'll have 22. But these are a three-time-a-week frequency six-week challenge, 16-session client, that at the end of it, as you burn through those sessions, I don't take a fee. I step out of the way, and you can re-sign them at a lower rate, probably. Mm -hmm. Still getting a high-frequency client. You keep it all. You just keep doing the space reservation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm help filling more and more space reservation. Love it. Love it. So that's, that's a pretty uh, interesting revenue opportunity. Yeah. And we're going to keep going with it. 100%. So yeah, that's that's how we make And we sell some caffeine and, and a little bit of water, but that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, ultimately, it, the company is, is built to be a franchise company. Mm -hmm. Sell franchises, support franchises, royalties. Those three buckets are really what FlexWork in the very, very near future is, is really going to be focused on. But as far as a franchisee and an individual location or a group of locations, uh, that's what it is. Fantastic.
and we reduce the number one cost on the P&L, which is labor, on average from 60% on your P&L line down to about 18. And, and the hosts are still making very good money. Yeah. They're just not having to deal with all the nonsense. Right. Yeah. Right. Hopefully that answered that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Tim. Any uh, anything you want to make sure you ask Steve? I know we've been we've been rolling pretty good here. I think I'm good on my end. I, think okay. I asked what I wanted to. Cool, yeah. uh, Steve. I wanted to touch a little bit on sales. Um, I told you we always have last question that we finished with. I want to make sure you you say anything else that we haven't discussed. But I want to touch on sales. You said that was one of the biggest problems you saw within the industry. Mm-hmm. People could do the job, but they couldn't sell. What were some of the biggest uh, sales components you used, maybe it was a phrase or technique that you used to get, you said 32, 34 spots in 30 days, which is astronomical. Uh, what did you do then and what things have stayed consistent through today? Well, that could be a whole uh, podcast. Um, but if we went back to the script, I doubt, let's do it. I doubt it's possible that I said that they couldn't sell. Um, can't is is it's just kind of a or were they weren't it's a as... word in my it's in my mouth that usually doesn't come out yeah yeah but I think it's they're not willing to is more of an accurate Better. fair observation that I've had in my experience mm-hmm. and again general terms I've, I haven't met every trainer and coach in the world and right but from the tens of thousands that I've worked with or met you get a pretty good sampling mm-hmm. it's willingness yeah back to it willingness and capability there's a there's a barrier of there are I say there are two trainers and coach, fitness professionals, the the scientists and the killers. The scientists are the vast majority. They go through school. They get their certs. They're highly educated. They can uh, deliver great programming. Um, but they have a hookup about, I don't like sales. I don't want to do sales. I just want to help people. These are the common stories they tell themselves, and that comes out of their mouths. And then that feeds into how they interact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the killers. I think I was one of the, It's just... I saw that my time was valuable. I wanted to make as much money as possible. And I believe that if someone spent an hour with me in the gym, I, they were going to have a good time. I was going to pay attention to them. And we we're going to do some workouts that would probably do something positive in their lives. But we all have to be real. That's not most of your clients. Most clients are just getting away from their husbands or their wives or their <laughs> overbearing boss. Right? They're looking yeah. for something positive to do instead of going to a bar. I didn't care. I just knew that if I had you uh, in front of me, I was going to give you the time and respect. I knew it was half theater, half science, and I was better at the theater than the science most mm-hmm. of the time, even though I was right, pretty good. Um, so for me, it's, it's willingness. And then it just attached to what do you want? What do you want to do? People can do almost anything, and I believe it, that they want to do. There's plenty of resources and there's plenty of, of things that they can become educated on. They can um, get help. People can you know, be surrounded by uh, experts or whatever you want to do it. But amazing things can happen when you just step out there and say, I'm willing to do it. It just changes everything, right? Mm-hmm. I'm willing to step on the mat and see what that's all about. Yeah. Right? I'm willing to realize I didn't die when I got choked out for the first time. The guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and so sales for me was just, I think the key has always been keep it simple. Keep it simple. When I when I got um, an original sales script, that's what it was. It was a sales script. I thought, man, I think I, I was able to put myself in the consumer's shoes. I went, do I want to be talked at like this? Talked at. 
right? Not with, Got it. Yeah. at. Yeah. And does this feel genuine? And I'm gonna, what am I gonna sound like? And right? and I just started cutting things away. That was the prezo. I was like, if you can just ask seven questions. First off, if I can just ask you, well, beyond your basic name, right? Like, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? Uh, what's your body fat? I think that's important. What size clothes do you wear? Are you taking any medications that would cause you to not be able to operate a car or exercise strenuously? Um, are you currently dealing with any injuries? Uh, what do you do for a living? And then what's your experience with fitness and, and training? Those seven questions will give me all the data I need to sell you hmm. anything. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The challenge is we go way overboard and too much, and I want to try and impress you with all these terms that nobody cares about anyways. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, right? So, and the other part too is stay focused. The Prezo for me was always about, it's like going to a doctor's office. When you go into a doctor's office, they don't tell you a story. Not, not the ones I know, but they do. I need to look in your nose, check your ear, tap your knee, whatever. They're gathering data and creating a baseline. And then from there, they go, great, what are the challenges? What are the, what's hurt, what's, what's, right? What do you, how do you wanna feel better? Your goals. Well, the goals and the, and the baseline should be exactly the same. Don't talk about goals that are totally opposite or outside of the baseline. Sure. Well, what's the difference between the goals and the baseline? The programming, that's the training. But most people wanna get in the sexy stuff. Yeah. I wanna talk about goals and that. So being able to help trainers and coaches control the cadence, I think, was the most important thing. Ask seven simple things. Role play it. Asking how you ask it is important, mm -hmm. right? You're going to get a lot of data. You're going to create trust, just like you did. People are going to say yes a lot. Well, right. psychologically, that's important in a sale, right. right? By the time you're done with the prezo that I teach, you're saying yes like 23 times. It is very difficult to say no after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're primed. Right? Yeah. Right. But it's genuine. <clears throat> it's not... You know, mm -hmm. slimy or whatever else it is. Sure. And as a FitPro, I'm thinking, these are things I should ask anyways. It's on a basic NASM Park Q or whatever else. It's what I've been taught. And I'm not having to overcomplicate it. And then I find out. And then now it's easy because based on who you are and what you want to get to, that's an easy piece of math. If it's 20 pounds and you work with me twice a week and on average I, you lose 0.75 pounds of body fat per week, I can do the math and say theoretically it's 32 weeks or whatever the, the math works out to. And that's 32 times 2. That's 64 sessions. I charge you 50 bucks, boom. Yep. Then the last part is have the courage to present the solution. Do the work, create the baseline, be concise on the goals, make sure it's clear that they're related, bring the consumer along with the journey. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you have any questions? Not at the end after you've presented money, which now it gets weird, mm -hmm. it's along the way. Have you kept it clean? Does it make sense on how long it's going to take you, how many sessions it needs to get there, and what it's going to take financially? Yeah? Well, this is your total solution. That, to me, was the, the revolution because, you know, anyone who goes to college or something like that, right, they don't tell you just pay as you go. You be someone, they say it's going to be four years or whatever it's going to be, and here's how many units and credits, and, yeah, you're not going to spend 200 grand or whatever it is it's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. You got to figure that out, but this is what the plan overall is going to take you. So work back your solution. Yeah, love it. And so when you ask, surprisingly, some people say, "I'll do the whole thing." Yeah, yeah. But if you never ask, but sales to me is again, just have the courage, be confident in what you're providing. You're providing truth and a real solution that aligns with someone. Plus, it's very personalized, versus some in the box kind of right. thing they've heard cookie cutter all the time. Sure. 
Love it. Yeah, Tim and I both love sales. We've done cold sales and you know, door to door the the hard sales. So it's That's rough. Uh, I think the art of communication is very fascinating. It's fun to learn, you know, how you can say something, what you can say. One little word can make all the difference. So phrasing, yeah. energy. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. I, I think that'll help a lot of trainers too, um, who maybe I'm not the best at sales yet. What can I do? Seven questions. You don't have to be the best at sales. Yeah. You just have the, the courage to present a solution mm -hmm. that you believe is actually going to work for that individual. Yeah. And then just ask. Yeah. You don't have to be the best at sales. Yeah. In fact, the best people at sales are usually the arrogant ones that don't have long <laughs> careers anyways, right? Yeah. The, mm -hmm. Like yeah, love I, it. I can't tell you how many people have said, uh, you know, throughout my career when I was hiring people, and I, oh, you know, I'm an amazing salesperson. I'm like, you sell gym memberships. Not to bring you down, I'm here to lift you up, but 71% sure. of the people who walk into a gym are intending to buy. So, <laughs> guess what, Hot bro? Leads. Guess what? <laughs> like, awesome. Let's not get too arrogant, though. Yeah, okay? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Keep it in perspective. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve, as we're kind of winding down here, anything we haven't touched on that you really want to make sure we hit before we wrap up today? I mean, obviously, I want eyeballs, and so I appreciate the opportunity. You guys' audience yeah, looks yeah. amazing, and it's a lot of fun uh, being still relatively new to the, the indie market. I want people to know that this is an indie first company. This isn't an L.A. transplant company. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, we moved here specifically to plant the flag. This is going to be our HQ for the foreseeable 10, 12, 15 years. Brought my family, our HQ is here, our proof of concept is here, we're gonna be franchising here first, this will be the first market we develop. Um, so come check us out. Anyone could be our guest. I'd love to give you, uh, you know, obviously a free hour, come through for any of your guests who are on this podcast. All they have to do is download our app on the App Store, Flexwork. Um, you can check out our Instagram at Flexwork Fitness. Um, and I, if you can't get what we're doing or see what's happening, um, fine, pick up the phone, our hosts are here to help. Uh, the, the the pricing is transparent. What we do is what we do. You don't buy anything from them, so uh, you don't have really anything to lose. Um, but I also encourage you know trainers, uh, coaches, fitness professionals. If anything's resonated, I think on this this call and this podcast, which has been great, it says, hey, this sounds like something I'm going through, or I'm struggling with, or man, this is exactly what I was thinking about, or, or I wanted to do, or some are close. It's for real. Um, and our intentions are to meet you where you're at, whether you have one client or you have 100, whether you're an in-person trainer, small group, or digital only. Give us a call, come check us out. I'd love to meet with you personally, but my hosts are way more than capable of, of taking you through the same processes. Um, and you can, you can decide for yourself within just a few minutes of your experience. Beautiful, yeah, well, yeah, can attest. All right, um, we always love to ask how you wanna be remembered. When it's all said and done, Steve, how do you want people to remember Steve Burke? Oh, man, I don't know. That's a unique question. I love it. Um, I don't know if that's an important thing for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I honestly don't. Uh, I have to think about it. You, you didn't catch me. Yeah, it caught me a little off guard. I don't know if I want to be. I certainly want to imbue knowledge and legacy in my children. Um, certainly. Um, if I go first, you know, my wife, um, I, I want to remember that I gave her all I could and that uh, we had a, an adventurous life, to say the least, full of, of love and, and uh, an adventure. Um, but as far as, like, my why is not to be the guy. Mm -hmm. This is one of only maybe three or four podcasts that I've said yes to because I really have wanted to be in the shadows. This brand is not about me. 
This brand is about my customers. It's about your brand. It's about right. It's about making money, and we do that by putting enough people into the spaces and have them be successful, just like franchises. Right? Um, maybe that I dare to do it my way. I guess, mm-hmm. but that's not. I don't know if that's important because when I'm gone, I'm gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Answer. Love that. Yeah. I like but that. you did dare to do it. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like you have your priorities straight, too. Like, the people that matter in your life, that's who you want to remember you. Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and, I'm, you know, uh, not everyone's going to let me along the way, right? right. We play pickleball, and yeah, yeah, I'm an intense guy. I do what I do. And a lot of times I'm just super focused and have blinders on, and I need to slow down and pay attention and develop maybe some, some relationships along the way. Um, but uh, some of those things don't yeah. matter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard once long ago, you're going to piss people off if you want to get shit done. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I feel, you know, I piss most people off, not because of, of I'm at, it's just because I go too fast mm-hmm. and, and people, eh, you're making me look bad. You're slowing down, right? That's, I, not, that's not your problem. That is not Well, <laughs> in my career it was because those are the people who controlled my raises or my promotions mm-hmm. or, right, and you, I didn't go to the barbecues or the basketball games or I didn't, right, yeah. say the right thing in the meeting. I asked the question that made them, look, you know, challenge them or give us real information. Yeah. And it wasn't to be a jerk. It was just kind of like, hey. You're an innovator. Well, I know at the time, but I was just curious. Right. And then uh, the customers I knew uh, needed better. But mm-hmm. good question, man. That Love was fun. It. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right, Steve. Thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. A lot of value. Uh, listeners are going to love it. We had a good time as always. So thanks for your time. We appreciate it, man. Great. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity, guys. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we are out of here.